Welcome to the My Big Church Podcast. On this podcast, you will hear a message of hope and inspiration from one of our pastors. We hope you enjoy the message. This is the Big Church Podcast. I want to say, if you're a mom, wave to me real big. Let me see you. Hey, mama. So good to have you guys today. We have a gift for you at the end. Make sure you get that. And if you're a mom, if you're not a mom and you're a lady, we still have a gift for you. And we want you to feel special today, too. You may be a mom in waiting. You may be a stepmom. You may be a fur mom. (laughs) Whatever it is, we have a gift for you. But we have special gifts for every mom here today. But I want to thank you for saying yes to be a mom. Because that was a sacrifice. You had to say, yes, I'm going to put my body through this. Yes, I'm going to get up all hours of the night. Yes, I want to do this. And I want you to know that God has empowered you to do exactly what you do. And I appreciate what you do for the next generation. There's no greater job. There's no greater reward. And there is no greater heartache. But... You are making a difference. Church, can we, everybody, give it up for every mom real quick? Cheer is like your mom's next to you. Well, I want to preach a message today called, What Do You Do When Your Promise Is Dead? We're going to be looking at the text from 2 Samuel chapter 21. And here's the background so that I'm not reading, reading, and you guys not, it's a lot of weird words. So I'm going to give you just the background. There was a famine during King David's reign. And Saul, the former king, had done a lot of evil things. He was corrupt. He was rebellious. He was disobedient. And What he did to cause this is he had killed some Gibeonites. Saul was dead at this point, and it was King David uh, leading. But I got to tell you, it didn't matter that Saul was dead. Sin will always cost you something, and it must be paid for. And so, mamas, I'm going to say something to you today. This is probably the only challenging thing I'm going to say, but... If we don't pay the price of our mess, it gets passed on to the next generation. And I don't want to leave my kids with my mess, right? And so that's what King Saul did. He left a mess for the next generation. Uh, So when David became king, he went to the Gibeonites to find the solution that they needed to end the famine. And the Gibeonites said to him, We want seven of Saul's sons. So David quickly was like, I'm going to find seven of Saul's sons because I want this famine to end. And we're going to pick up in verse 10. And it says, Then Rizpah, daughter of Ai, the mother of two of the men, spread burlap on a rock and stayed there the entire harvest season. She prevented the scavenger birds, vultures, from tearing at their bodies during the day and stopped wild animals from eating them at night. When David learned what Rizpah, Saul's concubine, had done, he went to the people of Gabesh Gilead and retrieved the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan. In verse 13, it says, So David obtained the bones of Saul and Jonathan 
as well as the bones of the men the Gibeonites had executed. Then the king ordered that they bury the bones in the tomb of Kish, Saul's father, at the town of Zela in the land of ben Benjamin. After that, God ended the famine in the land. You see, because of what Rizpah did, her boys were able to be placed in a tomb of honor. One little decision by Rizpah caused everything to have honor. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today. God, we thank you for your word. Your word never returns to us void. God, I pray and bless every single mama in here. The mamas that... Um, Everything is going so well right now. I thank you for that. The mamas that are struggling with their teenage children today, I pray over them. God, I thank you for the mamas that get the opportunity to wake up in the middle of the night to take care of their newborns. Lord, I just pray that you're with every mama and their hearts and you would encourage them today and let them know that everything that they do and everything that they say matters and is important. We love you today in Jesus' name. Do y'all believe that as a mom, we have this mama bear syndrome? Anybody else? Okay, yep. You can mess with me all day long. You can mess with my husband, but you better not mess with my kids. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> Sorry, babe. But there's something about a mother's love that says, don't be messing with my babies, right? I have a story. If you listen to our podcast, um, uh, Melissa interviewed Kagan and I for Mother's Day. And there, it was his junior year, I believe, and he played soccer. And um, they were, like, beating up on my boy out there. <laughs> I was not happy. And so as the mom in the stands, I'm mouthing, like, get that little punk off my boy. I probably didn't say that. Remember last week's message, I have learned to tame my tongue. Uh, but I probably didn't say get that punk off my boy. I probably said something a lot worse. But anyway, I mean, this mom was as ghetto as I am, as hood as I was. So, so she's mouthing back to me, and I mouth back, and I finally like kind of, hey, I got on red today. I don't even care. Let's go. And uh, that was B.C., before Christ. Okay, so I probably wouldn't do that today. Probably, probably. Uh, but am I right, mamas? Aren't we going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil? The Bible says that, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what was going on in this season. And I want you to know, if you're a mama in here, you're either coming out of a difficult season you're in the middle of a difficult season or you're about to go into another difficult season. It is not easy being a mom. And it doesn't matter if they're newborns, they're teenagers, or now me at 29, I'm the mother of four boys. Uh, Pastor Rich got on me last week. Uh, the mother of four grown kids, four grown boys. And it doesn't matter. And I'm sure that... Rispa, when she was out on her rock and the vultures were coming by day and the wild animals were coming to not, by night and she's back there. Huh, pray for me, please. <laughs> uh, she's back there shooing them off, 
saying, no, not today, devil. You cannot have my babies. And you know what? Her babies were dead, but she didn't care. She did not give up just because it looked impossible. I want us to watch this clip. Uh, let, me, let me just uh, be Rispa for a minute. Not meaning to be funny, but I think we don't even really see this scene. Imagine if your sons, for something they had nothing to do with, for something you had nothing to do with, were hung and you couldn't stop them. And now all seven of them are dead. Your two are still up there. Everybody else is gone. You're the only one left alive. Get away! Get away! Get away! Go eat the others! They're mine! Those two there! Leave them alone! Alone! I'm still here. Boys, you know that, huh? I'm still here. The other most they left. <laughs> They're probably... Uh, uh, probably talking about me in the city. I'm probably the joke. Doesn't the old woman know her sons are dead? I know you're dead. But you're still my sons. And they're not good. I said, go away! Eat the others! You know I tried to stop them, huh? That came after. I, I didn't know why they were coming at night. And, and I, I, I could tell it was for nothing good. And then I overheard a couple of the soldiers talking. They were hanging you. What are you hanging? What are you talking about? I said, stop. What are you doing? They're my, my sons. What are you doing? And they just slam into the crown. Put ropes around your arms and your, your body and took you off. You were so brave. I begged him. I begged him. I chased him down the road and said, listen, if you're going to do something to them, please take me. Just take me. And they pushed me and said, get out of the way, old lady. I said, oh, get, get out of the way, you vultures. And then I watched them. They, they uh, drove these big, ugly pegs into your hands. And I heard you. I've tried to get up close. I heard you scream. I heard you scream. I knew your voices through all the other ones. I knew your voices. I knew the courage. And I... I couldn't do anything. You know, I... I I couldn't do anything. But they're all gone now. They're all gone. It's... It's us. Boy, 
voiceless in me? Does it count for anything? Your mama. I never left. <laughs> they make fun. I put the sackcloth down at night and stand on the rock and scream and wave but trying to keep these cursed animals away. But your mama, I never left. You hear me? I don't know what good it has. I don't know what good, but I'm not going to let them have you. Does it count that I refuse to give up? Do you hear me? I'm staying here. I'll keep beating the lousy vultures away because you're still my boys. You're mine. You sure do you hear me? You're mine. No matter how much the stinking stench of decay comes off you, I'm here. Because you too, you are mine. And it will always be that way. Mamas, that's why I think we need to be. We need to be rispas. We need to be the ones standing in the gap and say, uh-uh, not today, devil. Get away from my boys. Get away from my girls. They belong to you. No matter what their life looks like right now, they still belong to you and they still belong to God. Don't give up on them. Sometimes we've just got to love them right where they're at. Hot mess and all. Away from God and all. We've got to be the ones to never give up. You know, and I know some of your kids are just spiritually dead right now. But that's okay. It is okay. I want to encourage some mamas out there today to refuse to give up. You know, I know some of our kids are a million miles away from Jesus. And even that's okay. Do you know that? I'm going to keep reiterating that. It's okay. We can't lecture. We can't control. We can't micromanage. We can't do any of that, but we can pray. John 10.10 10 says, The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And God is looking for some mamas that are going to stand in the gap. I remember three different times with some of my boys, where I was like, I don't know what to do. I tried the lecturing. I tried to change them. I tried to, to, to punish them, and none of it worked. But I'll tell you what did work is when I got on my knees and I began to cry out to the God that could change everything. 
I can't change them, but I know the one that can. And I grabbed a hold of the altar and I prayed my guts out. There was one of my boys that, yes, the enemy's coming to, to steal and to destroy them on the earth. But that's because they've got a call of God on their life. But there was one of my sons that the enemy was literally trying to take out. It was one weekend where he came home, concussion, swelled face. Another weekend he had fallen and busted himself up. And then another weekend, not too long later, I had to stand in the gap for him because I was afraid he was going to show up on my doorstep dead one day. And here's the crazy way that God does me, and I do think he, he does this with a lot of us, is um, he never, like, would tell me to pray during the day, you know? He would wake me up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, okay, but I believe that God puts your kids on your heart at the exact moment that they need prayer. So whenever, where is, wherever, be obedient and get into a place of prayer. We can't nag him. And I know I said that. I'm going to say it again. We can't nag him because we can't change them. James 5 verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And this is the meat of what I want to bring across. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous mom avails much. I remember not too many weeks ago, I would come up here on, uh, on Tuesdays and I would get in the room, I would put worship music on and for two hours I would get lost crying out for my boys. Crying out for my spiritual kids. God, would you do something? Can I wave the enemy off of them in any way that I possibly can? If you ask, if you seek, if you knock, but you can't just do that. The Bible says you got to believe. It's not enough to ask God to change them. It's not enough to continue to seek. But I believe. That God can grab a hold of my kids. I believe God can grab a hold of my spiritual kids. The ones that he puts on my heart to pray for. And watch him do it. I got to watch God do that a couple of months ago. I was pressing and praying and I watched God turn a situation completely around. I believe that a mama's love, your love mom, is a lot like Jesus's love, not your crazy love, not your psycho jump got red on today, not that kind of love, but your unconditional love is like the love of Jesus. And there's a song, we sing it here, it's called Reckless Love. And I'm going to change the words just a little bit to make it fit. Mom, there's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of mom. It chases me down, fights till I'm found. I couldn't earn it, 
I don't deserve it. Still, you gave yourself away. That's you, mama. There's nothing you won't do. I want to celebrate you one more time today. Can we just thank our moms that that is who they are? I believe that one day our kids are going to come back to us. And they're going to say, Mom, had it not been for you praying for me, I wouldn't have this relationship with the Lord that I do. Mom, had I not, had you not prayed for me, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I may not even be alive. There are three verses that I stand on the rock of Jesus and I remind him. The Bible says that, that his word doesn't return void. So when we're interceding and we're praying and we're waving off, we're also praying back his word to him because our words may fail us, but his word never does. And they are Acts chapter 16, verse 31. It says, so they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your whole house will be saved. Yes, I'll take that. Thank you very much. Joshua 24, 15 says, But as for me and my family, or house in the King James Version, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And the last one, and this is the one I pray almost daily. It's Proverbs 22, 6, and it says, Train up a child in the way they ought to go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Listen, they may run, they may hide, but if you dedicate them to the Lord and you raise them up, and I wasn't always the Jesus-loving mom. <laughs> they love to remind me of that sometimes. We get together at Christmas and Thanksgiving. Yeah, you remember when you let us do this? And I'm like, oh, good gosh. Thank you for redemption, Lord. <laughs> I was not always the best mom. <laughs> I was not always the best mom. <laughs> um, but like we learned last week, you guys, that um, we have to tame our tongue. And it's real easy to talk, oh, my teenager, he's driving me crazy. My teenager, she's this. She's nothing but a smart aleck little whatever, whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> but we have to tame our tongue. And the Bible told us last week, and it tells us this week too, but it told us last week that there's power of life and death yeah. in your tongue. So you just change those aggravations and those complaints to you start speaking life over that child and say he's ahead and not the tail, that she will be blessed going in and blessed going out, that she will be successful, that he will be a man after God's own heart. You begin speaking anything that you want to speak positively over their life and watch God turn it around. You know, I don't think that your kids really care how much you know. I would like to think that I'm pretty smart. My kids could care less that I'm smart. What they care about is how much I care. And I got to love them in the good times. I got to love them when they're a hot mess. I've got to be the example of steadiness and stability in their lives at all times. I want to leave you with some questions to ponder. I would challenge you today that you would write these down. Because I don't want you to just remember them today. I want them to affect this week. I want it to affect your motherhood 
for this next year. And actually, I want it to affect you forever. The first question is, will you grab a hold of the altar and pray until you see God change it? Rispa kept talking to God and telling him, protect my boys, protect my boys, even in their death. What are you doing in their life? Are you continuing to remind God to keep protecting my kids? I remember those nights at 3 a.m. I was like, Lord, I pray a hedge of protection. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Would you please protect them? Would you keep them out of the way of harm? Would you keep them safe in their cars? Whatever. Number two, are you willing to still fight and protect? Look a little crazy for what seems to be dead. Rispa didn't quit even after they were dead. And David heard about it. So here's this crazy woman out on her rock, shooing it off, saying, no, not today, devil. And David, King David, not just Brother David at the church, King David, the one that got to make every decision, heard about it. And he gathered the bones of her boys and he put them in a tomb of honor. Are you willing to still fight and protect even though something looks dead? Number three, will you continue to love and serve your kids even when they don't deserve it? Come on, mamas. Some days they don't deserve it. They don't need us. They they don't deserve us to protect them. Or even if they don't appreciate it. Being a mother is a pretty thankless job. They don't see the hours that you're you get up and they don't see that you're mopping the floor before they ever get out of the bed. They don't see you going and working a job. They just see what they want to see. My kids are some of the people who've hurt me the most. And before I go too much further in that, my kids are amazing. I was talking to somebody the other night and she said, your boys are incredible. That wasn't her words. Really good boys. I think that's what she said. I heard incredible because I speak life. So anyway, but, but at the same point, they've hurt me the most. They've loved me the most. I've gone to bed crying over them the most. They've been the ones who I've been there for the most, who I've poured into the most, who I've sacrificed the most, who I've built up the most, who I've given to the most but I would do it all over again number four will you make up your mind to never 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 into a infinity ever quit don't give up don't ever give up today I wanted to encourage you a lot and challenge you a little you are doing better than you think you are. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening. 
to the My Big Church Podcast.